And welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. A large study collaboration between U.S. and Swiss researchers confirmed what American agriculture has known for years. Genetically modified BT corn has little impact on non-target insects and other organisms. The impact is especially smaller when compared to growing conventional corn and the pesticides needed to control threats. Steve Naranjo is a recently retired scientist with USDA's Agricultural Research Service. He says while they didn't break a lot of new ground with those results, it's the largest and highest quality data analysis ever done to confirm those findings. It is a big deal. It's not really necessarily new news. I mean, the preponderance of evidence since this thing was introduced in 1996 is kind of pointed in that direction. But this is perhaps the most rigorous attempt to look at the data, answer that question as to whether or not there are non-target impacts. That was really the focus of the study. The first BT corn was introduced in 1996, and critics have suggested ever since that it also destroys other beneficial insects and other non-targeted organisms. He collaborated with two researchers from Switzerland with an eye on proving the benefits of GMO commodities to European regulators. In Europe, the only GM crop allowed to be grown is one type of BT maize, nothing else. Whereas in many other parts of the world, like the U.S., we have BT corn, we have BT cotton, we have herbicide-tolerant corn, we have herbicide-tolerant cotton, we have herbicide-tolerant soybeans. The technology has been adopted in some parts of the world with more gusto than in other parts of the world. And the colleagues that I worked with on this project are from Europe. And so really the point of it was really more to educate the European regulators and the European scientists. Naranjo says they were very transparent during the study in hopes of convincing GMO opponents that the commodities are beneficial to people and the environment. There have been a lot of individual studies that have pointed to this conclusion, but we used in this approach, we were very careful, we were very rigorous, we were very transparent, we involved stakeholders in the process so that hopefully even the detractors would see the veracity of this evidence and say, well, maybe we were wrong. Naranjo and his two Swiss colleagues conducted a meta-analysis to get their findings. They pulled together data from studies in 12 bibliographic databases, 17 specialized web pages, and the reference sections of 78 review articles that all met the highest research quality standards. A new strategic plan and repositioning effort for the National Pork Producers Council culminated in the unveiling of new branding for the organization at World Pork Expo. Leaders said this important work is creating momentum and energy to ensure growth for the pork industry. Brian Humphreys is the new CEO of the NPPC, and he says it's all about the future. The NPPC groundbreaking work that we're doing today is to ensure that the producers, common goals of continually operating at high standards, advancing sustainability and animal health, and expanding global markets all become a reality. This new brand symbolizes the organization's transformation and energized focus on driving towards these goals for the U.S. pork industry. NPPC President Terry Walters, a Minnesota pork farmer, says a task force of industry leaders came up with a strategic five-year plan identifying producers' most important priorities. The task force identified trade, foreign animal disease, labor, and preserving producers' freedom to operate as priority advocacy issues for NPPC. While no plan can successfully anticipate what's coming, our long-range strategic plan creates a pathway for change to guide where we are heading as an organization. Humphrey says the NPPC is achieving groundbreaking work in important ways. First, 
collaboration is going to be incredibly important for us to successfully influence decision makers on critical issues impacting the pork industry and the entire food chain. Second, our long-range strategic plan identified goals that are going to push us to stay ahead of the issues that are affecting the industry. To put it bluntly, we are transitioning to being more proactive because the producers need the freedom to run their businesses to their own high standards. Walter says future NPPC advocacy efforts will address modern issues by showing up in modern ways. We are building strong coalitions to address legislative, regulatory, judicial, trade, and business issues. We are advancing environmental and social sustainability for producers through a coordinated national effort. We have secured funding to strengthen our outreach and advocacy programming, and we strive to become the most effective industry association and best use the resources to serve our producer stakeholders with a shared vision to support an industry bigger than themselves. Walter says the organization will be a pork advocate in Washington, D.C., across the country, and in the global marketplace. The strategic decision to increase funding through NPPC's Strategic Investment Program will go a long way in strengthening the organization's programming and communication priorities. We are excited about the opportunities that lie ahead and know that the successes also rely on participation of stakeholders and getting involved in defending the industry to ensure its future successes. And Humphrey says no plan can completely anticipate all challenges and opportunities in the future, so they'll build a culture that can adapt and collaborate over time. One example is understanding that MPPC is not alone in our efforts. Our partners in the state associations, at National Pork Board, and other ag trade associations each have their own networks, expertise, and skills. As we work more collaboratively with them, it's going to lead to extraordinary results. A truly collaborative mindset allows us to work in a broader context and really leverage the talents and expertise of others. This fundamental shift looks at the challenges and opportunities that we face from a holistic view to identify really innovative solutions. NPPC says its new branding sets the tone for the organization's future and the new logo reinforces its mission as the unified global voice of the American pork industry. And the American Farm Bureau Federation has revamped its iFarm iVote election toolkit for the 2022 election cycle. Tom Donnelly, AFBF Director of Grassroots Program Development, says the toolkit gives you all the information you need before voting. Every election year, farmers and ranchers turn out and vote in high numbers, and we want to continue that in 2022. So we've released our new 2022 I My Vote election resource. It's a resource available to anyone online and could be found at fb.org slash vote. It contains information about candidate, where to vote, how to vote, absentee voting, and early voting. Donnelly encourages all farmers and ranchers to check it out. This particular election cycle. There's many that live in a state that went through a process of redistricting after the 2020 census. So the candidate voting information that's contained in the website is fresh, it's new, it's constantly updated. And it's important for those in the agriculture community to support ag-friendly candidates. And to find out about those candidates, they can go to the websites and it'll pull up the candidates in their particular district. You'll need to enter your legal first name and your legal last name. That's your state-issued information. Once you enter that, it'll show you whether or not you're registered to vote in your state or not. You can head to fb.org forward slash vote to learn more. And you've been listening to American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you and yours a great rest of your day.